This is Deborah Roberts, co-anchor of 2020. Welcome to Bad Romance, a limited edition 2020 series you can watch on ABC Monday nights right after The Bachelor. Have a listen. When a killer strikes in the night, everyone has a different version of what happened. Who is the man in the mask? Why would he target a woman who's a happy wife, a successful businesswoman, and a mother-to-be, and kill her in her sleep? It's a deadly night. Kiva Jenkins fell madly in love, and now she has a beautiful family, the life she always dreamed of. I pronounce that they are husband and wife. She's married a man she met in church, has her own successful business, and three beautiful children. She referred to her husband as her king. Her children, she worshiped the ground that they walked on. Yuri is so quiet and Makivo so open. They're so different, and at the same time, they're very similar. He loved her. They loved each other. It's a picture of a woman looking forward to her future when everything changed one summer night. It had been a 90-degree, humid day in that peaceful suburban neighborhood. Makiva is asleep. There's seven-year-olds in his room. The baby is asleep in a playpen downstairs. Her husband, Yuri, and younger brother, Quay, hang out with a friend in the makeshift barber shop in their garage. It was late at night, and Yuri asked Makiva's brother, Quay, if he wanted to get a haircut. So I get in the seat. He turned the clippers on, and then, you know, out of nowhere, Mass Gummy just walked in the garage. A masked gunman came through the open garage door, all dressed in black, and he's holding a revolver. I'm like, okay, you gotta be joking. So I laugh. I'm like, this is just another homeboy trying to scare us. It quickly becomes clear this is no joke. Now, all of a sudden, he grabs me. He has me by my neck and the gun to the back of my head. So I can't turn around and see or else I'll get shot. The gunman forces them upstairs. Makes them lie on the ground. He said, what you think, this a game? You think I'm playing with you? I was like, I'm, I'm dead. I'm finna die. The gunman heads towards Makiva's bedroom. He opens the door, and Quay and Makiva's husband, Yuri, hear it, a gunshot, and the man runs past them. Me and Yuri, we get up, and we run into the bedroom, and we see a big cloud of gun smoke. And I can see a hole under her ear about the size of a nickel. 
911 emergency. Do you need the police or the paramedics? Paramed, we need a paramedic here. My whole world just fell apart. Just got shot dead. She's dead? Yeah. Okay, how many people have been shot? Just one. It was just hell. It was real hell. Because I can't help her and I can't stop her from hurting. And I can't stop the pain. And she's just sitting there, you know, blood coming out. Please get him now. Oh my God. Okay, we're sending help. A critically wounded Makiva Jenkins is rushed to the hospital. She's barely alive. Quay and her husband Yuri follow the ambulance. They can't save her. Yuri was screaming about his kids, his kids, and he was like, oh, I just gotta go. I wanna go check on my kids, and he stormed out. And I remember I just kept saying, no, 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 no. I called Makiva. She didn't answer. I texted her saying, like, please tell me this isn't, this isn't real. She didn't respond. I called my sister. Say, bring the Kiva, it's gone. And I screamed. I could not believe it. She's still supposed to be here. <laughs> and it's like she's not here, so. Man, this can't be real. Makiva was a faithful churchgoer, and to her younger brother, Quay, she was like a second mother. What was Makiva like? Uh, Makiva was everything, you know, she was everything to me. You know, she was like one of those people that just knew me the best. You know, one that always had my back. Always tried to encourage me, always tried to tell me the right way to go. Yeah, she was your big sister, my right? Big sister. She was she was like there's a special relationship there. Right. Between I mean, I have a big sister. So there's a way you look up to her in a way that's like special bonds. Yeah. I, yeah. I've heard people say in order to know Makiva, you got to know Belle Glade. Right. You got to know Belle Glade in order to know If anybody knows about Belglade, it's very rough. It used to be considered the forgotten city of Palm Beach County. People give up on you when you live out there. There's no coming out, you know? And I get emotional about it because there's so many kids out there that just, they don't make it. Like Kiva did. She really pushed herself to get out of that and to not turn back. She was that boss chick. <laughs> um, even when she was down, she still thrived. She just wanted to make it happen no matter what. McKeever and Quay each have a strained relationship with their mother, Quest. McKeever was actually raised by her grandmother. Quest is my mom. And, you know, she was doing some things that she shouldn't have been doing. Quest has been in trouble with the law in the past. She's got some unsavory connections. The night he killed Makiva, the man in the mask kept yelling something strange. He was asking, oh, where Quest at? Where Quest at? Where the money at? It 
appeared that the gunman came in specifically looking for Quest. When investigators learned that Quest may have been the target of the killer, it suggests a possible motive. But first, they have to find Quest in Belle Glade. She said that if anyone wanted to find her, they knew where to find her. This didn't seem like your typical robbery. For the detective, for all of them, really, the truth would be almost too strange to believe. Some folks don't stop searching till they find the truth. If you've got a detective's eye, June's Journey is the game for you. Play as June Parker in a gripping murder mystery as you find hidden objects to help solve her sister's death. You'll hunt for clues in hundreds of beautifully illustrated scenes set in the Roaring Twenties. New chapters are added weekly. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android and iOS mobile devices as well as on PC through Facebook games. When it comes to winning elections, is it really the economy stupid? Are soccer moms the quintessential swing voter? And does it matter which candidate you'd rather share a beer with? Every election cycle, cliches come easy. But are they right? In a new series on the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections. Where did that wisdom come from? And does it hold up today? Find the campaign throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. The person came in was actually looking for your mom by your name? Yes, she was looking for, looking for my mom, man. Oh my God, man. McKeever Jenkins is dead. But could this all have been a case of mistaken identity? Detective Sean Oliver goes to McKeever's hometown to find out. The suspect kept mentioning McKeever Jenkins' biological mother, Quest. I had to see if this subject who came in and killed McKeever was actually looking for her mother. I did think McKeever could have been shot by mistake. McKeever ain't had no beef with nobody. I questioned it. I met with McKeever Jenkins' mother. She was very frank with me, very honest. She said that she lives in Belgrade. If anyone wanted to find her, they knew where to find her. She had a white car, and that white car was parked in front of her house in Belgrade when her daughter was shot and killed. I ruled out, basically, that anyone was trying to hunt her down. That isn't the reason why Makiva was shot. So if the gunman was targeting Makiva, what was the reason? This didn't seem like your typical robbery. This didn't seem like a crime that was just random. Makiva had a habit of posting on social media to promote her businesses, but also to show off her success. I have helped countless entrepreneurs build their business from the ground up when McKeever Jenkins was murdered, people assumed it was because it was right after she posted on social media that she had multi-six figures in her income because she was so successful at business. McKeever was a hustler. <laughs> like, that girl was a hustler. She earned enough to buy all the markers of success. She wanted these Christian Louboutin red bottom shoes, like nobody's business. And she worked and worked and got those shoes, and I don't think there's a picture on social media that didn't see the bottom of those shoes. 
she was like, my brain doesn't sleep. I'm always thinking about what I can do next. Makiva tries all kinds of businesses, a tax business, a boutique, a parting planning company. Some go bust, but some do well. Then she starts promoting a new venture online, helping other entrepreneurs. Do what you need to do to launch the business that you've always desired. Makiva did promote herself online. She was very fast to show the income she was making and the jewelry she was able to buy. But that led her family to believe that perhaps she was targeted by someone who wanted what she had. But the gunman kills Makiva and doesn't take anything. There's jewelry around there, there's money, leaves everything behind. So none of this seemed to make any sense. Makiva has a drive to succeed in high school and then to college. And while she's a student, she learns that she's pregnant. She managed to keep her schooling and keep it going while she had the baby. She earns a master's degree, but her relationship doesn't last. And she's raising her daughter as a single mom. She wanted a family. She did not want to be a single parent. She finally finds more at church. I know the church was important to Makiva. I know this wasn't her church, but when you look around this place, does this remind you of some of the places that she worshipped? Yeah, it reminds me. It was, you know, she was real big on faith. So. Well, she read her Bible. She prayed every night before she went to sleep. And, you know, she always just kept the faith. That had been drilled in church. You know, dating should lead to marriage. It's in church one night that she meets Yuri. She saw Yuri and she was like, oh my God, you have to introduce us. I said, no, not me. She was like, I'm gonna go over there and introduce myself. You know, I saw her at the corner of my eye, like hug him a little bit tighter than she had hugged everybody else. She came up to me at Bible study and said, Pastor, I think I'm ready to have me a boyfriend. I found somebody I like and he is so cute. Yuri is a barber and a pastor's son, and a short time after their relationship begins, Makiva discovers she's pregnant with his son. She's thrilled, even though she finds out that another woman Yuri is seeing is pregnant at the same time. I say, Makiva, I can't see any good coming from this situation if he's involved with someone else, because this is not gonna be the life that you envision. I think Makiva really loved him, was really hoping that the relationship would blossom. He made it perfectly clear that Makiba was the person that he wanted to be with. In the wedding, you know, I was actually the one to walk her down the aisle. It was like one of the happiest moments for me. I took on the role as, you know, her father. What was she like on that day? Oh, she was, she was ecstatic. What she had talked about all this time, you know, it was finally coming together. You may kiss the bride. No, man, come on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. She was like madly in love with him, and he was like, I'm married. That was kind of it. So I think that was a maturity thing, and he got married very young. 
Makiva and Yuri make a great team, with her first daughter and two more children completing the perfect family. And through it all, Makiva keeps advertising on social media and hustling to promote her businesses. Your business plan and your lifestyle must match like a puzzle. It must go together. She was making good money, had a car. She was in a really good spot. I was a little jealous of her because I couldn't even get that type of money. She hopes they can move out of the house they're renting and into a new house they'd own. Her goal was that December to be in that house, to have this huge holiday celebration with you know all of her family, and to just feel accomplished like I arrived. The Bible even says no man knows the hour. But I just know for me, I just really felt like I was cheated. Someone murdered her. It's devastating, you know, knowing that someone did it to her. And then later, finding out why. The answer would hinge on a tiny piece of surveillance video. Hours and hours of interrogation. You've lied to me so many yeah, stories. I'm tired of being lied to. I'm not lying to you. After the chaos of the home invasion, the armed man hurting three men upstairs, then murdering Makiva Jenkins, the Palm Beach Sheriff's Office starts trying to unravel the mystery. Why did this happen? Today's day is August 10th, 2017, uh, time 902. Detective Sean Oliver with the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office is the lead investigator on the case. Killed in her bed. Mass gunman came in. Akiva Jenkins was killed in a home invasion gone horribly wrong. But there are certain things about this case that just don't add up. Law enforcement had some questions, like why was nothing taken? If this was a home invasion robbery, why did they leave the jewelry in the cash? Why did they target Makiva? There was a third man there that night, a close friend of Yuri's named Dimitri Dale. You had Yuri, you had Dimitri Dale, and you had Makiva's brother, Quay. They were all there in the garage while Quay was getting a haircut. To investigators, Dimitri's behavior and the responses of the gunman raised some serious questions. When the gunman forces the three men upstairs, he makes Makiva's brother and her husband lie on the floor. Dimitri's left standing. Dimitri asks if he can take Makiva's son downstairs where baby Zoe's already asleep. The man with the gun says yes. So Dimitri goes into seven-year-old Yuri Jr.'s bedroom grabs him and heads to the first floor. Then he goes outside. What's interesting is that Dimitri Dale stays in the enclosed backyard throughout this incident. The whole time, Dimitri does not try to run away, does not try to call for help. And when the gunman demands his car keys? Dimitri quickly gives the masked gunman the keys to the car, which raises a red flag. The gunman then escapes in Dimitri's white charger. You know how they always say, follow the money? Detective Oliver decides to follow the car. So the suspect, when he fled this murder scene, took Dimitri's white charger. Now the white charger was left within a quarter mile of the murder scene by the suspect, and we did a search through it. During the search, some receipts were found for fast food chains. The receipts are dated June 28th, just hours before Makiva is killed. Oliver pulls surveillance footage from two fast food restaurants and discovers something stunning. I happened to see some video surveillance from a Miami subs where Dimitri Dale's white charger is in the drive-thru lane. 
but it stalled or it ran out of gas. And there's a second subject that gets out and helps push that car. So who is this mystery man in the video that night? Remember, this scene happens just before the gunman comes to McKeever's house. There was nothing to indicate that either Quay, Yuri, or Dimitri knew the shooter. Uh, the shooter was just described as a black male, tall, and his face was covered. Then, McKeever's brother Quay mentions a chance meeting the day before. A subject had come with Dimitri Dale to play basketball and hang out, and that subject had the same body type as the shooter. We ended up playing basketball. That was the first time I had ever seen him. I ain't know him from a can of paint, but Yuri and Dimitri knew him pretty good. So Detective Sean Oliver brings Dimitri in to ask about that friend. Could he be the man in the mask? I'm not lying to you. I, I had no knowledge of this. I had no involvement in this. But Detective Oliver presses him, and Dimitri buckles. Dimitri admits not only has he seen the shooter before, but he actually knows his name, Jovan Joseph. Now, through this whole time, you've known since that day, since the moment he walked in the garage to when McKeever was shot and killed, it was Jovan. Is there right. any, any doubt in your mind it's not Jovan? No, there's no doubt in my mind. Okay. That was Jovan. And Detective Oliver is now set on finding Jovan Joseph. The one lead that police had was the car. I was going to have to find out who that person was in the video surveillance. That mystery man in the car with Dimitri? That person at the time, we discovered was Javon Joseph. You have a, a friend of yours that was at an incident the other night. Who's his friend? We are talking about uh, Dale. During this interview, Javon Joseph stated, yes, he was with Dimitri Dale at a house on June 28th. He didn't indicate that he knew anything about the murder and he denied any involvement. McKeever's killer would have been at her house in the early morning hours of June 29th. Does Jovan have an alibi for that time? All right. Do you know where you were at 2 in the morning, 2.30? I have a friend, one of my, like, side chicks or whatever. She's in the hospital. You know, people can't come to the hospital that late. So what she did, she asked the nurse. The nurse said, yeah, she can have visitors. So I went over there around that time. I followed up on that alibi within the next day. The detective pulls surveillance footage from the hospital the night McKeever was killed. There were cameras that showed that he was at the hospital that evening. What Javon Joseph didn't realize is there's something called a timestamp. And we knew the exact minute, the exact second he was at the hospital. And he wasn't there when the murder occurred. When I went to the video, you weren't there until three. At the hospital? Yeah. I said, where were you at two? Because I said the murder was at two. But you weren't there at two. Couldn't have been. Yeah, I, went, I, went there. I guess I went there at two, but I know I was there, feel me? Investigators are closing in, and for a third time, Jovan's at the sheriff's office. This is a very unfortunate time in your life, but you also don't want to be the only one taking the fall. Taking the fall for what, bro? Like, I still don't understand, like... What don't you understand? I didn't do this bro. As a prosecutor, we're used to witnesses lying. But although people lie, recordings don't. I had a audio tape of him and Dimitri Dale talking. He offered me some money, offered me $1,500. I should never took this money for this man. I should never did none of that. Money? Money for what? For a murder? I was lied to by Javon Joseph. I was lied to by Dimitri Dale. But the two of them, things that they did say did add up. Javon Joseph, 19 years old, is not doing this on his own. If he were really a home invasion robber, he would have stolen something. This was a hit, a murder for hire. A murder for hire and a shocking local TV interview. It didn't add up. 
There was no emotion. I don't know what to do. It's, it's going to be tough. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. I'm Gilbert King, host of the podcast Bone Valley, and I'm here to tell you about Halfway Home, a bonus episode of our show that's out now. This is a really special one because after 36 years of wrongful incarceration, Leo Schofield has finally been released from prison. My co-host, Kelsey Decker, and I spent his first day out with him. We're there to witness him embrace his family after taking his first steps of freedom, and we follow him on his journey across the state to the halfway house where he'll spend the next year of his life. If you've followed Leo's case, whether through Bone Valley or the incredible coverage of ABC's 2020, you won't want to miss this one. You can find Halfway Home in the Bone Valley feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Investigators have a solid suspect for McKeever Jenkins' murder, but why would someone pay for her to die? To the outside, McKeever didn't show the turmoil that was going on inside. But there were times when she would confide in me and tell me we're not on the best of terms. Yuri and McKeever Jenkins' relationship isn't always perfect. Their marriage reaches a low point, friends say, when Yuri cheats on her. McKeever expressed that she caught Yuri in affairs. She was jealous, and he was friendly with everybody. So she thought that he was always out with somebody, and he really wasn't. He's just friendly. McKeever says she found out when she was pregnant that her husband had a baby on the way with someone else. She said she was devastated. She was hurt. McKeever was hurt about that. He had broke the trust, and it was like really hard for McKeever to trust him again after that. Plus, according to McKeeva, the other woman wanted child support. McKeeva's stance was, that has nothing to do with her. That is Yuri's issue. That is Yuri's problem. She was asking me what should she do. And, you know, the only thing I could say was that you want to kick him out, kick him out. He can go. See you later. <laughs> McKeeva did speak about divorce. She was considering it. She was very heartbroken. At one point in time, she wanted to just give up. But she managed to put it back together again and just keep on going. McKeever Jenkins has a substantial life insurance policy. Half a million dollars. Yuri, quickly after McKeever's death, called the insurance company to collect on the policy. He even said that there's no money to pay for the funeral. We don't have the, the funds to pay for her funeral. They need to know that I'm in the future. Actually, Sam, the application that you are not listed as beneficiary. The beneficiary was McKeeva's biological grandmother. 
I'm sure that there had to be something or some indication that her grandmother would be better suited to receive that money in the event of her passing than her spouse. I think Makiba wasn't no fool. People lie, recordings don't. Yuri was greatly disappointed when he learned that he was not the beneficiary. And when he was told he was not, he made an incriminating comment. She hadn't changed the policy in time. In time for what? Makiva's murder dominates the news cycle in Palm Beach County. A mother of three, 33-year-old Makiva Jenkins, was shot and killed. Detectives tell me this is an ongoing murder investigation. As of right now, no suspects are in custody. And Yuri talks to a local TV station. It hit me on the Oh, my God. I'm just taking it one day at a time. He didn't cry. He didn't say, I love her. He just kept saying she was an entrepreneur, a mother and a wife. She was excellent. Excellent. Yeah. How God intended for a wife to be. It didn't add up. There was no emotion. I don't know what to do. It's, it's going to be tough. Once he did that interview, everything went like gasoline and wildfire. All the attention began to go to him. There were strong allegations all over the social media. There were people all saying he did it. The majority of the people didn't even know Yuri, but they formed opinions by what the news said. He did not kill his wife. He didn't do it. He loved her. He really did. But Yuri's own friend starts pointing a finger in his direction. Demetri Dale was cooperative from the get-go. Now, I won't say he was honest from the get-go. You've lied to me so many times. Yeah, so I'm tired of being lied to. I'm not and, lying to you. Demetri Dale was nervous throughout this whole thing. I mean, it, whether he has a conscience or whether he just saw the rest of his life in an orange jumpsuit, he decided to be the first one to come clean. In a nutshell, right. Yuri tells you he's going to kill his wife. Right. Two, you bring Javon to meet him. Right. Three, Javon is in the back. You get delivered. You deliver Javon by your own words. <coughs> yeah. To the scene within nine minutes of the murder, you admit to me that it's Javon that commits the murder. Right. In a nutshell, without right. going in all detail. Without going in all detail. And there it is. Yuri Jenkins was in on it. He paid Dimitri and Jovan to kill his wife. I couldn't believe, well, I didn't want to believe that he was involved because I had that much love for him. It doesn't even make sense because he just wasn't that type of person. It's just not in his character. Two months after McKeever's murder, Jovan Joseph is arrested. That's Jovan Joseph facing first-degree murder charges, accused of shooting Makiva Jenkins. Pictured here in June, Joseph pleaded not guilty. After Jovan was arrested, uh, his defense team um, approached the prosecutor and said that Jovan Joseph was willing to proffer. Proffer means he was going to give information for some type of reduction in his future sentence if he is convicted. This is when uh, Jovan Joseph admitted that he was hired by Yuri Jenkins to kill Makiva. It's the break that investigators need, and Yuri is also arrested. Yuri, did you kill your wife? No, I didn't. But he maintains his innocence. 
God will vindicate me. You say you're innocent? I'm innocent. Yes, I am. But a jury is about to have its say. You know, maybe he just might get off and get away with it. And to witness Bakiva's little brother, Quay, go off in court. I kind of just went blank and I lost it. The long-awaited murder trial underway for a Palm Beach County man accused of ordering a hit on his wife, 33-year-old Makiva Jenkins. Yuri Jenkins made the decision to hire someone to kill his wife, to get out of a marriage he was unhappy in, and to get a payday he thought was coming to him. Prosecutors tell the jury that Yuri's motive for killing Makiva was money. For $500,000 life insurance policy. The prosecution's case is that Yuri hired these two men to kill his wife, two men who took plea deals rather than go on trial. People who agree to murder an innocent woman are not choir boys. They are criminals. They are liars. But sometimes you have to hold hands with the devil to do justice. Yuri's defense hinges on questioning whether or not Dimitri and Jovan can be trusted. The two key state witnesses were admitted liars. They had admitted that they had perjured themselves on numerous occasions while under oath. I told you lies, so I can't really, it's harder to remember a lie than it is the truth. To understand what you just said, you told so many lies that you can't remember what lies you told at one moment to the next. In part, when I, in part, I told some of the truth and I told some lies. The prosecution says he's done lying now for a reason. Why should this jury believe that you are going to tell them the truth today? I think at the very least, you know, the family of McKeever Jenkins deserves justice. Dimitri and Yuri were longtime friends. It was Dimitri who introduced Javon Joseph to Yuri as a person who could kill Makiva. Yuri Jenkins is the one that initiated all of it because no one would ever thought to kill Makiva if it didn't come from his mouth. The third person in the garage that night is Quay Greer, Makiva's little brother. Like I was on edge the whole time because, you know, maybe he just might get off and get away with it. I kind of just went blank and I lost it. Quay is coming in from the back of the courtroom and he takes off coming at us, screaming at Yuri. You know, I wanted to go up to him and choke him out and not let go until he went breathing. The judge sends the jury out of the courtroom. When a disturbance like this happens in front of a jury, the defense can ask for a mistrial. Mr. Lerman, have you made a decision what you'd like to do? If I made any mistake in this case, it would have been when we had the opportunity for a mistrial and we didn't take it. The judge delivers a stinging warning to Quay. He may testify, but from then on, will be barred from the courtroom. Quay talks about that night lying in the hallway. I said that we need to do something. We need to either get up or try to stop this man or get him. What did the defendant say back to you? He told me that he was... he. He didn't want to do that because he was scared of getting shot. Thank you, Mr. Greer. You can step down. 
The state of Florida has now rested their case. Mr. Lerman, does the defense wish to present a case? On day five of the trial, the defense rests their case without calling a single witness. Often that means that they're going to argue that the case is so weak that the jury cannot trust the evidence. This case is about lies and liars. The prosecutor's parting words to the jury? We ask that you render the only verdict that the evidence and your common sense would support, and that is to find him guilty of first-degree murder. Before the verdict, you know, I just prayed. It was just so much. It's like you're waiting on, you know, someone to just save you and grab you out of that hell hole. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been advised that the jury has reached a verdict. I felt confident that this jury would be back with a not guilty verdict. We, the jury, find the defendant. I didn't think for a second that he was walking out of that courtroom. Guilty of first degree murder. The emotional roller coaster we have been on to now finally hear it, to know it's over. I was so happy, but you know, it wasn't no type of verdict that could have brought Keela back. Yuri's mother is devastated. He was railroaded because he's innocent. He's innocent. Next question. In exchange for testifying against Yuri, Jovan Joseph, who pulled the trigger and pled guilty to second-degree murder, is sentenced to 15 years. Dimitri Dale, the middleman, manslaughter with a weapon, and 45 days. But the person who is the most guilty is Yuri. And Yuri is the one who understandably and justifiably got the toughest sentence. McKeeva's husband, Yuri Jenkins, gets the maximum life in prison. More than a year after his conviction, I went to a prison near Pensacola, Florida to sit down with Yuri Jenkins. Why did you want to speak to 2020 today? To get my story out. In so many words. And that story is? <laughs> I'm innocent. A jury clearly disagreed believing the two men who were also convicted of McKeever's murder. Dimitri said at trial, none of this would have been put in motion had you not approached him saying, I want to kill my wife. Yeah, that's a lie. Because I would have never, I would have never come to you and, and, dude, no. But what motive would they have to do this in the first place? Dale knew that me and my wife were, we were making money. He sent his friend in there to get some money to see if we had cash on us or some type of money. But the shooter left and didn't take anything. If Dimitri was jealous of Makiva and Yuri and wanted the money, why didn't anyone steal any money? There was nothing taken. This was not a robbery. This was a hit, a murder for hire. He's in prison for murder. It's not surprising that Yuri disputes Dimitri and Jovan's version. Without those statements, I wouldn't be in here. If they didn't give those two idiots those deals, I wouldn't be in here today. Not at all. Yeah, they got pretty good deals in exchange for their testimony and some of their testimony on the less 
important parts were inconsistent. But on the important parts, the parts about the murder, it was not only consistent, it was corroborated by the evidence. The prosecution claimed that she had asked you for a divorce? She didn't. She, she didn't. didn't? She didn't. Did you guys ever talk about divorce? No, not at all. So you guys were happily married? Happily, happily. McKeeva's own words dispute that. A text she sent to friends. I told him I want a divorce. I don't believe anything he's saying. McKeeva's family, her friends, thought it was over. Yuri would be locked up for life. And then came the news. Yuri was appealing his verdict. Could his conviction be overturned? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Please pull the jury. Juror number one, was the verdict is read your verdict? Juror number two, was the verdict is read? After the verdict is read, McKeeva's family thinks the justice system is through with Yuri Jenkins, that he'll live the rest of his life in prison. But Yuri files an appeal based on Dimitri Dale and Jovan Joseph's history of lying to investigators. Just before we spoke with his trial lawyer, news. As we were preparing for this interview, I received a copy of the 4th District Court of Appeals opinion affirming Yuri Jenkins' conviction in this case. Appeal denied, says the higher court, because the witness's credibility are questions solely for the jury. Yuri's life sentence stands. At Yuri's sentencing, McKeeva's grandmother shares a victim impact statement. All I wanted was justice for my child. <laughs> they came to the verdict I wanted them to have, but on neither side was a winner. My heart definitely ached because I knew there were two children now. I have lost a parent to death and now one to the Florida prison system. So to me, although he's in prison, there would never really be any real healing. And her little brother, he doesn't think it was all about the life insurance money. Why do you think Yuri did it? I mean, McKeever, she wanted a divorce, but who was actually gonna lose in a divorce? You know, Yuri was, and he knew that. So he, in your opinion, he thought he would be on the way out. He had the mentality like, oh, if I can't love you, no one can love you. That's how I took it. She would have got a divorce. She just didn't have time to. Hi, everyone. Happy Tuesday. 
I just wanted to share this quick little video to motivate you to move forward with starting your business. I go back to her videos. I look at her videos often just to hear her voice. I want to ensure that I get an opportunity to give everyone my undivided attention. Makiva had such an infectious laugh. She had such an infectious spirit. She was such a light. I don't think Yuri will ever know what he took away from, from us. Everybody needs a Makiva in their life. Everybody. You can watch fresh episodes of Bad Romance from 2020 on Monday nights at 10 p.m., right after The Bachelor. And of course, tune in on Fridays at 9 for all new episodes of 2020. Thanks for listening. In the 1980s, everyone wanted to be in the Brat Pack, except them. Now, director Andrew McCarthy reunites with fellow brats. Demi Moore. Why did we take it as an offense? Well, as opposed to like the, brat. Because we were young. We were afraid we were brats. You know? <laughs> Amelia Westevez, Ali Sheedy, Rob Lowe. I'm not going to say we were the Beatles or anything. Well, like we didn't tell Shea Stadium. 1985? <laughs> I think we could have. The original documentary, Brats. Streaming June 13th, only on Hulu. Lainey Wilson, now streaming on Hulu. The story you haven't heard. I experienced a lot of heartache. I'm a tough woman, but it's not easy. Lainey Wilson. It's taken me a really long time to even get to this moment. And the CMA Award for Entertainer of the Year goes to Lainey Wilson. Hey, y'all, it's Lainey. I cannot wait for you to see my special streaming on Hulu. This has been a wild ride, and you'll get to ride alongside me on this journey. Lainey Wilson, wow. Bell Bottom Country, now streaming only on Hulu.